It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Live, Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. i got to share some information I've just received uh, with you. I, I used to work in Washington, D.C. I was a congressional aide. I've maintained uh, a number of contacts back there, and I, uh, over the commercial break, have been back and forth with a, a number of them. And right now, at this very moment, the chiefs of staff uh, from the various uh, offices in Congress, each member of Congress has a chief of staff, well, those individuals uh, they are all gathered together in a meeting room there at the Capitol to hear from the attending physician uh, in charge of the Capitol. There's a, there's a doctor there who oversees uh, the, the state of health uh, in Congress, also uh, makes themselves available to uh, the various members. Well, being led uh, by uh, this uh, attending physician uh, is gathered all of the, or are gathered rather, all of the chiefs of staff where they will be finding out uh, likely what is going to be Congress's response to the coronavirus. I'm not talking about uh, aid deals. I'm not talking about legislation. I'm not talking about uh, messaging or anything like that. But the the infrastructure of Congress and the day-to-day operations of Congress, uh, what is to come next? Will these members continue uh, meeting regularly to cast votes? Will they continue meeting regularly with constituents? Will they be advised to limit their travel? Uh, what will become of their staffs? Will they enact a policy of remote uh, telework? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, but I am keeping uh, in close, close contact with uh, folks who are in this meeting. And as these details are revealed, I'll share them uh, with you. I'd point out uh, just before uh, we speak here in a moment with Miles Hansen, President and CEO of World Trade Center, Utah, the average age of a member of Congress is 57 uh, point eight uh, years. That's in the House, and on the Senate side uh, is 61.8 years old, the average age of members of Congress. Now, uh, 57.8, that's uh, shy of 60, uh, but on the Senate side, 61.8. That means there is a large population of individuals who are in that uh, advanced age category, uh, those members of our society who are at uh, heightened risk. And so uh, how do you uh, protect them against the the coronavirus? Uh, The attending physician of Congress is addressing chiefs of staff now. As soon as I have details, I will share them with you here on the program. Now, uh, let me turn my attention to uh, the stock market. Uh, Joining me uh, on the line live uh, is Miles Hansen, president and CEO of the World Trade Center Utah, a brilliant gentleman uh, who on issues like this I am always uh, eager to hear from uh, the market's are uh, not doing too well. Uh, measures of those markets, the Dow Jones Industrial down right now at close nine minutes ago, uh, down 7.83% on the day. NASDAQ, uh, 7.29% down on the day. Uh, Standard & Poor's down 7.63%. There are two major factors influencing that. We have covered coronavirus at length throughout the day. The other has to do with a war on oil. Right now, uh, best to my understanding, being led by uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, Miles, you're an expert on this stuff. Uh, what should we be knowing? You know, thanks for having me on, Lee. I think uh, one thing, that, one lesson we should all take away from this 
And it's something that I'm sure we've, we've learned in the past, but there's no doubt now. A fundamental principle in economics is that capital is terrified of uncertainty. And what we've seen over the past couple of weeks is as there's economic activity, there's downward pressure on that as people react to the coronavirus. At the same time, we see this exponential growth in uncertainty. What's going to happen? And so what we're seeing right now in the markets is that capital is fleeing as quickly as possible, so, so it seems, to the sidelines to try to figure out what's going to happen over the next two or three weeks as coronavirus unfolds and, like you mentioned, as we get a sense of what's happening in oil markets as well. What is happening in oil markets? Help us understand uh, th- this uh, relationship right now between Russia and Saudi Arabia and the rest of the OPEC cartel. Yeah, now, let's break this down a little bit, Lee. So uh, I'm confident that all of your listeners are familiar with OPEC. Sure. What they may not be as familiar with is OPEC Plus, which was the informal addition of Russia to OPEC to coordinate oil markets um, that came about three or four years ago, the last time oil was trading at about $30 per barrel. At that point in time, Saudi Arabia and the other OPEC countries said, hey, Russia is a major producer of oil. Let's coordinate with Russia to try to bring some stability to oil markets and to try to uh, increase the price a little bit. And so that's what they've been doing over the past two or three or four years, um, certainly since 2016. And what's happened is they've been targeting oil prices of, you know, around $70, $75 per barrel. As the world reacts to coronavirus, we've seen a decrease in demand for oil, which puts downward pressure on the price of oil. And so there have been intense negotiations over the past two or three weeks within OPEC+, primarily led by Saudi Arabia and Russia, about what they what, what should they do? Should they cut production such to continue to keep prices high and keep oil markets stable, or do they allow this uh, allow themselves to continue to produce, which at the same level is recognizing that that would lead to a decrease in oil prices? Saudi Arabia is always a very strong proponent of uh, stability in oil markets. Their view was, hey, we all should cut production such to keep prices at about where they are, Russia disagreed. And Russia was was not willing to cut production to keep oil markets stable. As those talks broke down, it was clear that Russia was going to continue to produce. Then all of a sudden, that this market coordination that has brought some stability to oil markets over the past few, few years, that broke down. And in that situation, if we have market-based dynamics driving the oil market, so then you have a situation where Without the coordination, Russia is going to produce a lot and increase production. Saudi Arabia, uh, acting in the market, will do the same thing, just as the United States has been doing. And so the breakdown of that collaboration, that OPEC Plus, is what happened Thursday, Friday, last week. Over the weekend, we saw these historic drops in oil prices. And that is is one very important factor that the market is uh, reacting to today. I see. As, as Russia produces all of this oil and, and, and does so on their own schedule, uh, according to their own will, uh, when it comes to their exports, who's, who's consuming from Russia? Who's facilitating or enabling uh, their production at this rate? You know, and, and, is that, and is that relevant to, to the state of the markets today? So the, we have – in oil, we have a very integrated global market, and so it's not as relevant. They're exporting a lot to Europe, uh, to Asia, South Asia as well. Um, but, but really, we have a very integrated global market, so not as relevant to who they're selling to. Sure. But what is important to point out is uh, 
what we are seeing now with the, with the competition between Saudi Arabia and Russia is uh, if they're not coordinating and collaborating on the price of oil, then they're competing. And the competition is, you know, who can produce uh, oil at the cheapest price and who can sell at the best price. And just like, you know, companies compete in a free market all around the world and in virtually every industry, what we're seeing now in a lot of ways is a return to a free market in the oil industry, which is great for all of us filling up, uh, filling up our, our, uh, our cars at gas stations. But it's not so great for the U.S. oil industry, particularly the shell oil industry, which by best estimates require 45 to $50 per barrel in order to, to produce and, and, and turn a profit. Very good. Uh, Miles Hansen, President and CEO of World Trade Center, Utah. Sir, I'm always grateful and impressed by your analysis. Uh, any chance we can get you here on these airwaves, it's uh, of benefit to us. Thanks again. Absolutely. Thanks, Lee. Have a great day. Uh, you do the same. Uh, listen, coming up after the break, I'm going to return to that conversation of what's happening in Congress right now regarding uh, the coronavirus. Again, I'm not talking about legislation. I'm not talking about uh, bailout packages or aid packages or money's being sent around the world to help, but rather what is quite literally happening in the halls of Congress, on the floor of the House of Representatives, in the Senate chambers, in the offices populated by staffers. What is happening today? There's a massive meeting uh, taking place at this very moment among chiefs of staff there in Congress. As I get details, I will share them with you. I've got some updates to share as we come back from the break. Also, if I have time, I'm going to touch on some of these daylight saving time updates. Uh, you might be feeling the grog here this morning. I'm a little groggy uh, myself. I'm going to power through it uh, and be back with you after the break here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.